And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. There was a construction worker on his first day and he was tasked, you know, give him something easy, right? Go pick up some lumber from the lumber yard. So this new guy walked into the office and said, hey, we need some four by twos. And the clerk said, um, you mean two by fours, right? And the guy said, okay, I'm not sure. So he walked back you know, to the truck, called the boss, and he goes, he comes back in and he goes, yes, two by fours, we need two by fours. And so the clerk said, well, how long do you need them? And so the man said, let me go check. So he walked back out to the truck, he returned to the office and he said, we need them a long time because we're building a house. It's <laughs> a preacher. I don't get that. You must be a new guy in construction. <laughs> building your life on Jesus. And really, God, I was reading the book of Acts uh, a few days ago and the Lord hit me with a four by two. How long was it? It was a long time. Right. No, but there are different lengths of two by fours. But anyway, so... Uh, and really, when you're reading the Word of God, and, and this is something that I can guarantee to you, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, reading the Word of God is not like reading a book. Because before I became a Christian, I really couldn't read the Bible because it was a bunch of dry old literature that was written by people who don't know how to talk. But after I gave my life to Jesus Christ, the Word of God was alive. And it seems like, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, you read the Word of God and God begins to say, bam, that's what I've got for you today. Or there's a promise that you read in the Word of God and you're like, wait a second, that's what I need to hear. And so it was almost as if it was alive and God began to deal with me. I read this verse of scripture about this, this uh, man that was crippled. He was lame from his mother's womb. So it wasn't an accident, but he was born crippled. And he was laid at the, the, the gate called Beautiful. So there was a temple gate. And he was laid there to ask alms. And really, if you don't have any way to feed yourself, it's not a crime to beg. So he was asking for some help. And of them that entered into the temple of worshipers. And worshipers would give him donations. And that's how he subsisted and how he lived. And so Peter and John... We're about to go into the temple and he asked an alms from them. So Peter fastened his eyes on them. Have you ever done that? Like someone looks at you and well, a lot of times if someone locks their eyes on you, what do you do? You look away, right? Because that's awkward, right? You know, I remember we were at Chuck E. Cheese and you know who goes to Chuck E. Cheese? Parents who pay for overpriced pizza go to Chuck E. Cheese. And it's good though. Kids go to Chuck E. Cheese and weirdos without kids go to Chuck E. Cheese and sit in the corner now if you've never been to Chuck E. Cheese so there was a guy there and he gave me those heebie-jeebies right so I looked at him and he looked at me and you know when you generally look away I didn't look away what were you doing I was fastening my eyes upon him saying buddy look you might have fooled everybody else in here 
but you didn't fool me. And so we had this little eye conversation and then I had, was done with it and then I looked away. But that's what Peter did. You know, if someone who wants some money at the, at the, the gas station you know, or something like that, they come up to you, you kind of look away because you're like, ah, <laughs> I'm only carrying Bitcoin today. I'm not going to give any money today. But if you want to engage them, you lock your eyes. And that's exactly what Peter did. He locked his eyes on him and he said, look on us. He said, we're going to do a deal here. We're going to do something. And the Bible says, and he gave heed unto them. He probably held his hand out and said, okay, I'm ready to receive something. Maybe he had both hands out, you know, dusted himself out and said, hey, let's do this. Maybe they got a big pile of goodies for me. Santa's coming early for Christmas. Well, I read this thing in a card. We were looking for a card for Reverend Patterson today. And, uh, I saw this card. This isn't the one I got, but I saw this card because it was really expensive. And I'm like, wow, five bucks? I can write that down. So I stole it and I'm going to tell you about it, but I didn't buy that card. I bought another card, so, which is a better card, but it's cooler than the other card. But this is cooler than what I would pay for it on a card. It said the best things in life aren't things. And I was like, man, that's so true. The best things in life aren't things. And you know that Peter said, look on us. And he was probably said, oh man, it's going to be silver. It's going to be gold. These are, are rich worshipers coming in. But notice what Peter said. He said, oh, I just want to tell you, I don't have any silver and I don't have any gold. I can just imagine that guy's kind of face dropping like, get away from me. This is not a joke. I have a need in my life. But then he didn't skip a beat and he said, but I've got something such as I have. You know, Peter really exemplified. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You see what I was talking about earlier? The word of God isn't like literature. He's like, I'm not talking about giving you a Bible and inviting you to church. He said, there is power in this risen Christ. And he said, in the name of this risen Christ, in the power of the risen Christ, rise up and walk. And then he grabbed him. Man, that's a leap of faith, isn't it? Say, what if it doesn't work out? Peter would look like a fool, right? You can tell pretty well if this isn't going to work out, right? Oh, still lame. <laughs> like that was a lame joke and it would still be a lame guy. And Peter would be, look like a fool, right? But the Bible says that he uh, grabbed him and lifted him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankle bones began to gain strength. And the Bible said, leaping up, he stood. And then he's like, I like this. He's like, hey, I don't know where you guys go to church. But I want to go to church where you go to church. And it said he followed them into to, to the temple. The Bible said he was holding on to them like, you guys are not getting away from me. My life has changed. So I want to look at building your life on Jesus. The first thing I want to share is a life with a foundation. A life with a foundation. When you build something, unless you live in Florida, you put a foundation on it, right? Otherwise, you'd be happier than, what did a tomato say? Happier than a tornado in a trailer park, right? Because there's no foundation. And when the storms come, that foundation of those trailers, it's, there is none, right? There's some tires, like Jeff Foxworthy said, if your richest relative buys a house and you have to go over to help take the wheels off, you might be a redneck, okay? But there's no foundation, 
And when the, the storms of life come and, and the hurricanes come in Florida, the trailers, they, they get destroyed. But a lot of times there might be good things in a life. But you know what a life needs? It needs a foundation to stand on. The Bible said the first thing that he did, he leapt up and he stood. There was an absolute overcoming nature. And you know, the first thing that happens in a Christian's life, they learn to stand by faith. And that's the first thing that he did. The first thing that you need in a life that's worth living. You need to stand. You know, taking a stand is easy when everybody else agrees with you. But you know, when you have Jesus Christ, you can take a stand when nobody else seems to agree with you. Why? Because there's this overcoming power that's inside of you. The man who was lame all of a sudden wasn't. And he was a completely new creature. Those old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He had to go take the handicap sticker off his chariot and everything else. He's like, I can't use this anymore. I'm going to have to walk to Publix now. But you know that I'm thankful that when God gives you a joy, it overcomes all the depression. When God gives you a salvation, you know there's a standing invitation too. There's a standing invitation for Jesus Christ that for men and women to come unto me, all you that are labor and are heavy laden. And he said, I will give you rest. You know, when, uh, before you build a house or a building, this one engineer said, uh, you can tell how high a building is going to be. How? Before they even build it. You can tell because you can tell by how deep the hole is that they dig. Because the bigger the building the deeper the hole. Why? Because you've got to anchor that thing into the ground. You know that the life that a Christian's life is built on, it's built on Jesus Christ. Say, well, how deep is the foundation? Let me tell you. There's a foundation that no man can lay, the Bible says. Say, well, how deep was it? Well, Jesus Christ, when he came down from heaven, he kept going down. He came down out of heaven. He came down into Bethlehem through a virgin birth of a lady named Mary. And then he went down into the ministry and then he was crucified. They took him down from the cross. They put him down in a grave. And then he went down into hell because your sin and my sin was placed upon him. Brethren, all the way dug down all the way into hell. But you know that after he dug all the way down into hell in three days and three nights, the foundation was laid. And then he came up out of hell and he said, hey, I'm alive. And he began to talk to the disciples in that Easter service. And he said, I'm here. What was he doing? I'm laying that foundation so that you can stand on that Holy Ghost concrete. And when things come your way, you can be an overcomer. Let me tell you, you won't know you're an overcomer until you have to overcome something. And so God's going to put you in a situation where people might not agree with you. And guess what? That's all right. The man wasn't, gravity wasn't taken over anymore. God was taken over. I remember when I was working for some folks and uh, they had a, a Coke machine, right? Good, right? But they put beer in it too. And you know what? I don't care. But I'm not much of a beer drinker and I'm a preacher. I don't drink any beer. And uh, so I'd buy the sodas. And I was the warehouse guy. And the secretary would buy the beer and refill it. So, well, that's wrong. People are 21 and over. They can do whatever they want. So uh, the beer ran out. I kept the sodas filled up. So my boss came out and he goes, ain't you going to buy no beer? And I looked at him. <laughs> it was like high noon. And uh, no guns, but high noon. And, and I said, ain't going to buy no beer? I'm a Christian. 
And he looked at me, and I looked at him. He kind of laughed a little bit. He could fire me if he wanted to, but he kept me on. And uh, you know what happened later? They quit selling beer completely out of that soda machine. And later, because of people didn't want to pay for the sodas, they wanted to rip the soda machine off, we threw that soda machine in the dumpster. So well, you know what? You know what? All you got to do sometimes is take a stand. It might not work out right then, but let me tell you, building a life on Jesus. Say, preacher, what were you standing on? Not my job security. I was standing on the word of God. And if you build your life on the word of God, you have a life that will stand the test of time. The test of time. My parents gave me a very nice watch for my graduation from high school. Very expensive watch. A Rolex, not that expensive, okay, but it was an expensive watch. It was a tag. Like, tag your it. Well, if you look tags, it's tag huer, right? So it means day and hour in German, in Deutsche. But somehow, and it was waterproof, right? Except I opened somehow the bezel ring, and you can, you know, you adjust the watch. You have to pop the bezel ring out. Well, it made it unwaterproof, and then somehow I spilled some water. I don't know how I did this. And I can't even blame my wife because I was single at the time. So somehow water got inside of that watch. I said, preacher, what did you do? Well, you just let it kind of air out. There was like the, the second hand would go around and it would like be like a windshield wiper. It was water on the wrong side of the waterproof watch, right? And it was hard to get out because it's waterproof, right? So it's like in there. And so preacher, no big deal. No, no big deal. But uh, you know what happened after that? Water and minerals and everything else create rust and it really spoke to me because i had this watch that i thought was going to stand the test of time and just one little mistake and there was like a little rust on one of the luminescent hands or whatever and i was like wow isn't that like life you know you think everything's going to last forever but then you make a little mistake or you break it a little bit and it shows that it's not something that lasts forever but let me tell you jesus christ last forever and if our life is to last forever the bible said for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but what have a life that will be everlasting have everlasting life the bible says you know it's interesting it said that this man leaping up stood and then entered into the church uh into the worship uh walking and leaping and praising god I don't believe he waited to start praising God. I believe as soon as he leapt up, can you imagine that? Like you're sick for your whole life. And then, who did this? Oh, it was Jesus. Praise Jesus. I believe as soon as you give your life to God and that burden comes out and you realize I don't have to pay for my sin. You know, if someone paid off your million dollar debt, wouldn't that be pretty cool? It's like, wow, a million dollars and it's, it's gone? Right, just gone. Who paid it off? Jesus Man, praise Jesus. I don't care what, I don't know much about him, but I'm going to start to praise him. I don't know much about church, but when I gave my life to Jesus, I didn't know what happened when I got saved. I just knew something happened, and I began to realize it's not church. I got saved in the house. It wasn't the greatness of the church. It wasn't the greatness of the preacher. I love the pastor. I didn't hear one word he said. I didn't hear one word the pastor said. Because Jesus was dealing with my heart about my sin. But when I left my sin at that altar of prayer, after lying to the preacher once, I did lie to him. But uh, I was nervous, right? But 
I gave my life to Jesus and the sin was gone. I realized, man, I don't know what happened. I'd been to church before, but what happened was I gave my life to Jesus and my life had a foundation on it that the world couldn't give me and the world couldn't take away. And I realized that what that card meant, the best things in life, they're not things, they're Christ. You see, but a life with a foundation is good, but what, what, what do we need when we have a life? We need more than just a foundation. We need progress, right? So when you, when you stand by faith... God will begin to get you to do the next thing. I can, he stand, he stood, and he's like, wow, this is cool. There was this, this uh, greatest American hero was this TV show years ago, and I don't remember it, but if you've ever heard of this show, you can check it out on YouTube, okay? But um, he gets this Superman suit kind of thing, right? And he's walking away, these aliens drop off this Superman suit, and he's walking away from this alien, you know, UFO thing and he drops the instructions out of the back so he's walking away and doesn't know how to use the suit so in all these new episodes like he doesn't know how to land he'll like come in and crash land because he doesn't know the instructions but he's learning all of these new things and it was a really cool show right because he's just like a regular guy who's a teacher but he had all of these powers with the suit and you know what kind of reminds me of being a Christian. I mean, you learn it. you stand by faith and you're like, wow, I'm a Christian. What do I do now? Man, take a step of faith. Begin to walk for God. So what? Uh, I went to church and no one called me. I know that's called walking. And you take that other step and you say, wow, I began to pay my tithe. Praise God. Walk in. And then preacher, I did the unthinkable. I invited someone to church. And they slammed the door in my face, and I didn't care. You know what? That's an exciting thing when you're like, bam! Wow, that was bad for them. Why? Because I got a life built on Jesus, and I'm beginning to walk. And you know that when we begin to walk for God, we don't have to worry about other people. We've got a life that we're building on God. You see, God will give us progress. And how do we walk? Well, I believe he was still praising God. We keep focused on Jesus. And the Bible says we walk by faith but you know also he walked in a direction didn't he he didn't it it says he went into the place of worship and it's interesting we didn't just he didn't just walk he didn't go get his steps in he's like peter john i need to get my ten thousand steps in today let's walk for god no it's not that kind of walk he began to direct his life into a place of worship you know life is pretty simple as a christian as you grow in god I'm just worshiping God. Say, preacher, but you're a pastor. But before I was a pastor, I just worked for some people, construction, with two by fours, right? Four by twos? No. It was tile. But I just worship God. I just happened to have a secular job. You know, Daniel had a secular job. Paul had a secular job. But they didn't focus on their job. They were just worshiping God. Daniel said, I did the king's business. Daniel was just working for four different administrations, right? But Daniel was just a servant of God. God, wherever you got me, I'm just worshiping you because I'm growing by faith and walking by faith in God. Now this man, when he leaping up stood, God had more for his life. And you know that God has more for our life. He has a progress. I can recommend a book to you. If um, there was a lady... Uh, some years ago, I could probably mention her name because she's passed on. But uh, remember when the Passion of the was it the Passion of the Christ that Mel Gibson movie came out? I think it was called the Passion of the Christ. It was pretty graphic and uh, uh, with the, the crucifixion and people were really. I mean, it was quite. I haven't seen it, but she was excited about it. Man, she came back and told me, Pastor, I saw this movie and it shows, you know, Christ and crucified and different things. And um, and I said, Really? 
I said, oh, okay. I said, I read the book. And she goes, there's a book? <laughs> the Bible! But when you have the word of God, let me recommend the book. Say, preacher, what? It's the bestseller of all time. In fact, the word Bible means book or Biblia, books. It's the book of all books. But the reason it's so exciting is that you get a personal acquaintance with the author. You get a backstage pass where you can say, I don't understand this. Well, how do you do it? Well, I've got a pastor, but you can also pray and God can work those things out. Or if you read something that you don't like, I don't see why we should have to do that. God can deal with your heart about what his word said. Let me just tell you, just try it and see if it works out. You've already tried it every other way. Try it God's way. And you'll find out that there will be progress. The last thing. So you build your life on Jesus, you get a foundation that won't pass away. You build your life on Jesus, you'll get progress. You know, I've been married 20 years, and let me tell you, my marriage has gotten better. You know, there's people in politics, they call themselves progressives. And I know that's a name, whether or not you agree with them. Um, but it means progress, right? And sometimes a progressive thing is really regressive, but they call it progressive. And, you know, it's interesting that a lot of people will look at Christians and say, you're really regressive because the rest of society isn't living like you. But you know what? In eternity, it's really progressive. And in homes, it's progressive. You know, in my house, we love to laugh. I love to tickle my daughter right before bed. And to the chagrin, my wife's like, don't rile her up. So almost every night... I rile her up. Now, not to get my wife mad because I love to hear my daughter laugh. And I make my wife laugh. Now, if my wife, she gets tickled a little bit and then she doesn't get tickled, then she wants to punch me on the shoulder. But anyway, but we like to love one another. And you know what? Marriage has gotten so much better because I've learned that a lot of things that I said to my wife were wrong. So I had to learn to say the other things. Well, what's the right thing to say? Sometimes the right thing is to think twice. And not say anything. <laughs> it's just like, whatever you have, just swallow it. And like this one preacher, he said, some people, they, they must have peppermint-flavored socks, right? Because they're always sticking their foot in their mouth, right? But it's better just to not say anything. And you know what? I found out that my life got a lot better. But you know that God will take us forward and show us a better way. Behold, I show unto you a more excellent way, Paul said. The last thing, the Bible says that he had a life of excitement. Notice when he, start, he stood up, it wasn't the end there. He had power over that sickness. He had, when, you, when you become a Christian, you don't have to sin every day. You have power over that. So a preacher, but I have a thought. I know, but I have another thought that Jesus can come in. And the Bible says that we're not, uh, that we're not uh, to be, God will not suffer you to be tempted above anything that you're able. But with the temptation, make a way of escape. That's a promise from God. 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 10 and verse 13, that ye may be able to bear it. So if you're tempted, look for a way out. And the way out, I find that the cheapest and the easiest way out, it's not cheap for him, but it's just to utter the name Jesus. Jesus, that's a crazy thought. Jesus, I don't want to continue down that rabbit hole. Jesus, let me click out of this website before I click into the next website. Jesus, let me have a way out. Because you see that God's got something better for you. The Bible says that he began to walk. And after that, he wasn't done yet. Now, you don't think of kids leaping, do you? But I believe that God not only gives us a life of the foundation, a life of progress, but a life of excitement. Now, as a Christian, I have a good time. And look at this man leaping. 
You know, if you saw a man leaping up and down outside, you'd probably be like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> you'd probably be like, is he all there? You know, I was in a store the other day, the other year, and a person was like talking to themselves. And when someone's talking to themselves, you want to watch because it's like a crazy person and they let him out. And so you just like, it's free entertainment, right? You're not even in an airport, right? So you're just looking and it's like, this is cool. And they're just like, talking to themselves and you can just they're doing the gesticulations but there's nobody there and it was it was pretty funny and then he turned and he had one of those little jaw bones one of those little things in his ear now this was years ago before everybody had him and i'm like oh he's actually really speaking to someone but you know that sometimes when you see someone they're leaping and they're excited you're like look at that crazy man what is he doing why doesn't he act more dignified Brethren, I just went to SeaWorld. Let me tell you, it was awesome. I was screaming on the roller coasters. I was excited. I was talking to complete strangers. Said, I dare you to raise your hands. Come on, raise your hands when we go up over the top when we ride the Mako. What were you doing? I was living in a life of excitement. I, I let my wife and other people go to the orcas, and I just kept running back to the Mako and just going doing over and over until I was kind of like, Done. I mean, so my body's like, if you do that one more time, the inside will be coming part of the outside, right? So as an adult, you just realize that's enough. But I began to realize, you know, that God wants men and women to live a life of excitement. It's not enough just to stand. It's not enough just to walk, but God wants you to have joy. God wants you to have a joy unspeakable and full of glory. God will give you that joy. And you don't have to wait for payday. You don't have to wait for SeaWorld, although it's fun. You don't have to wait for Bush Gardens, although that's going to be fun. But God has something for you because God will help you if you build your life on Jesus. But with heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around, the best things in life aren't things.